The Branding Bay Podcast is a branding, business, and lifestyle podcast powered by the Life of a Tour Branding Company. I'm your host, marketing and brand strategist, Tara Sherman, and this is a platform where real women who are really putting in the work are discussing real topics. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Branding Bay Podcast. I am super excited. I know I always say that I'm excited, y'all, but like I'm really excited about this episode because I have like the ultimate girl boss slash like go getter slash like super mom on here as a guest. So I want to introduce and welcome to the show, Michelle Green. Thank you for such a warm welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I genuinely appreciate it. No problem. So before we dive in, Shell, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to share more about themselves. So would you mind telling my listeners about who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. Uh, I'm Shell Breed. Um, I'm a single mom. I am... A, a woman that's learning. I am a entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. I do a number of different things um, currently, and uh, I just got my real estate license. So I don't even know if I talk to you about that, but currently I'm a realtor. Just got my real estate license here, so I'm a newbie um, and, and looking for uh, new new customers and clientele. So if anyone is, is looking for homes or needs some assistance, please. Don't hesitate to reach out. Um, but that's a new hat that I'm wearing. Um, most people will probably know me from uh, marketing and promotion. I uh, do some social media marketing, uh, uh, some event planning, promotions, and, and those sorts of things. I wear that hat as well. Uh, also doing some credit repair. So a few different hats that I wear. Uh, just trying to keep the balance, but number one is mom, first and foremost. Yay! Yes. So I'm really excited about this because, like, Shell is somebody that I really consider a good friend of mine, and also, and also, I feel like she has gotten to like kind of see me grow up in business and in like a couple other personal life matters as well. So, <laughs> so, um, but one thing, right? <laughs> but one thing, um. Because the topic of this episode is the mean girls of business. And so the reason Shell is so perfect for this is because I really want to talk about what it means to be a woman who supports other women and what that actually looks like. And when I think of this and when I think of like a woman who actually does support other women, it's like your face is always front and center because um, I know... Like you have definitely supported me through some really important things, and I probably I don't know if I've stressed the how big they were to you, but, but they were really they were really big to me. Um, and so when we talk about um, women who supports other women, can you give like your insight, Shell? Like, what would that look like to you, or what what does that mean to you to like be a woman who supports other women? You know, I, I think that most importantly, Terrence, it, it, it looks like, it looks like genuine. It looks genuine. It looks real. It looks uh, 
not self-perfect. And it, it looks like growth. It looks like confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a difficult matter between women because it takes us a while to get to these things. It even is taking me a, a long time, you know, to get to a certain level because we make as um, as women, we see other women come in and they, they are doing the same things that we're doing, you know, because we all hustling out here trying to um, make moves and, and do what's best for our families. Mm-hmm. We're seeing other women come in, they're doing the same things that we're doing, they may be doing them differently. We may not approve of the way that we're doing it. It's real easy to become that mean girl, but having that growth and comfortability within yourself and expanding your lane and understanding that, hey, what's for me is for me and, and understanding abundance and being able to look beyond that and, and embrace women and support them still, you know, it's something that it just really takes, I think, some sort of time and growth to get to. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I met you, I want to say I was 24, 25, I'm 30 now. Um, still relatively young. I know, we, like, we growing. Okay, we grown out here. Okay. We growing. And what's funny is, I know, like, back then, like, I looked at 30, like, oh my God, like, it's, you know, I looked at, like, a death sentence, but, like, it was old. I don't know what kind of weird stuff I was thinking when, in terms of, like, 30. Um, but now, being 30 and having the perspective that I have, and I'm still growing every day. Still a work in progress every day. Um, but it's just having met you at that age, I don't think, um, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves in our 20s. And so it was like, oh, like I was chugging along then, but I still had a lot to grow and develop within myself. And so I think meeting you at that stage and you, um, you know, being a true friend and you being like, a nurturer and <laughs> you being um, genuine was very, very, very important. And I know you said that um, when, you know, we're all trying to, you know, make it happen for our families and sometimes we look out and we see women who are doing the same things as we are. And it's easy to say, you know, it's one thing to say like, oh, you need to feel comfortable within yourself and it's something completely different to actually feel that level of comfort to where um, you don't feel the need to, I don't know, kind of like shun other people who are doing what you're doing. So um, how was the the process for you, like finding that level of comfort and knowing like, okay, like this girl isn't my enemy, like I want her to win too? You you hit the nail on the head. And, and we come from a predominantly small area where it's that much more hard to carve out your, yourself and your own goals and, you know, your your own business and, and your own business model and not have other people kind of jump in, you know, to what you're doing. Because, of course, when people see success, mm-hmm. they want to know, you know, and especially once people see that you can do something, they feel like they can do it at that point. Right. And I, I think it's important to remember, you know, that, um, that as much as we may not agree and in in when we're in that moment, you know, when that person has jumped into uh, what we're doing, that invitation is the the greatest form of flattery. You know, people see that you're doing something, you've inspired them to know that, hey, this is potentially something that I could do myself. And that was a part of my process. That was the the driving force of my process. Because at one point, I really feel like I had 
got into a situation with an individual where I could I was becoming that mean girl mm-hmm. because I was frustrated because I think when you get to a certain a certain aspect of your own business and you think you're doing well and you're looking for ways to innovate, you know what we do when we're trying to scale our business. Right. You may be coasting along just fine to get to an avenue. It seems like that's always when you jump in. You're trying to find that way to scale your business. And then it's like, oh, my goodness, okay, I really didn't need the competition right now. You know, so immediately we're looking at it like the competition. And that's, we need to be trying to collaborate. We need to find ways to collaborate so everybody's successful. And in certain times, I was not there yet. You know, I looked at it like it was a direct hit to myself and to my business. So it took for me to sit back, you know, and really, really gather who I was and why I was doing what I was doing, what made my model different from the other person's model, and, you know, really focus on my branding and my personalization. And then I was able to, you know, reach out with that person and we were able to collaborate finally, you know, and, and get to that point. But it was still something that I had to work on. Mm-hmm. But most of it is, is just internal. Sometimes it's external as well. Because I really feel like coming from the small area that uh, a lot of times where we want to collaborate with people or where we want to include people or where we want to do business with people, there are so many other little underlying factors yeah. that pre- may prevent us, you know, whether it's other people's uh, perception of that person and their brand or whether it's, you know, anything more personal, you know, any disagreement you may have had previously or, you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I definitely know. There are so many different factors, you know, that as women, they they keep us from getting to that point of uh, collaboration, which really just shows us exactly, you know, that this this individual really wants what we want the same, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not my most concise right now, but it, it just shows us, hey, this is somebody that's just like me. They're trying to do the same things that I'm doing because they see that it can be successful. And I think it should just be their work ethic, if anything, that would cause the separation between us business-wise mm-hmm. and not necessarily that it's, you know, okay, this person's doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But it was, it was a hard lesson to learn for me. But a lot of it took me to understand that, hey, I could be more successful and make more money with this individual than I can against this individual. How can I be successful? How can I be more successful? How can I cause their business to be more successful? And when I changed that that aspect of my thinking, it made me more open to, you know, their business model and how they did things and, and making it work for both of us. Right. That's good. That's real good. And I think a few key things you said that stood out that I kind of want to dive into a little bit more. So um, you said there was a situation where you felt yourself becoming like that mean girl. Um, And you said you had to take a step back from it. One, let me commend you. (laughs) Because most people just would have hit that thing head on, full force, wouldn't have um, no slowing down. (laughs) See, that's where God comes into play. You have to remember because we all go through a lot of the stuff that we go through in business as women and, and we go through it, we're going through the fact that we're mothers, most of us, you know, we got this, this uh, issue with home life, work life balance, we, most of us have jobs and, you know, so yeah, I got my nine to five, but then to do this part time 
mm-hmm. I had my family, you know, and when you look at those very basic elements, most of us are going through the exact same thing, you know? So it's easy, it's, it's easy, it's as easy to look at that situation and say, huh, this is somebody who's really just like me, just trying to do the right thing, versus, you know, okay, seeing all of the negative aspects of, I don't need the competition or, you know, what is this competition going to do to my business? You know, those aspects that we want to, to or that most of us will tend to or choose to look at a little bit more frequently than I. It's amazing. Yeah, that definitely makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and then you also said you had to remember why you were doing it. And so can you just expand a little bit on why <laughs> Look at me, why your why is so important. Because um, I think that's something that, like, I really do, you know, because we, we're both in, like, that marketing field, and I think we've uh, we've um, kind of came at the marketing industry from two different perspectives. But um, I know when I work with my clients, and I know, like, when you are working on new projects, it's really important to have, like, an objective of foundation can you speak to that, like how important that is also like when you're deciding to build a business or um, start something new? Oh, yes. The, the why is the most important aspect of your business building or building your business. If your why is not big enough, you have no reason to keep going. You're not going to have a reason when you see the mean, when you run into the mean girl, <laughs> even if you're trying to be the nice girl. You're not going to have a reason to get over that hump if your why is not big enough. You know, <clears throat> you're not going to have a reason to find alternative ways to work with people, to collaborate with people, to scale your business. To, you're not going to be willing to do any of that. Giving up will be way too easy. Mm-hmm. But that why, you continually think of that why, and that why is at the forefront of everything that you're doing in, in life, let alone business. It makes the journey that much worthwhile. It makes you want to jump out of bed and get up and do the things that you need to do in order to make it happen. You know, and I think that um, with with women, single single mothers specifically, mm-hmm. I think that we just have a different type of jolt. <laughs> we got a it's more like a. I used to look at it like a hindrance because some days like a curse. But I think, you know, with, with, with regard to our wives and us being the only ones doing what we need to do for ourselves and our family, we have a, an additional joke, you know, when we look at our kids and we look at bills and we look at, we're like, okay, I don't know who else is going to do this. I got to do this. So we get up and do it. And I, I think that um, as much as it may be a curse sometimes when you can't do things that you want to do, mm-hmm. it pushes you to do things that you have to do. So, yeah. I think that um, the why is probably, if, if you don't know your why, it's going to be a lot of stuff you can't get done. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of things you can go by the wayside if you, if you haven't pinpointed that why. Listen, that's good because I'm telling y'all, like, now, running into some mean girls, they are forces to be reckoned with. But in running a business, it's so much, so many other things can go wrong. So many other different things can discourage you. Um, and that is why like i really want you to expand on why it's important to know your why because like it is easy to give up like that's why the majority of businesses fail like it's easy to be like okay let me go back to 
some easy, some that I got set hours on or a set schedule on or, you know, I know what to expect here. It's comfortable. I know where my money's coming from. Like, it's that's so easy to do, you know. And um, and one thing that Shell, I told I was telling her this before we started recording, is that all of the moms in my life, and Shell was really one of them, um, they made this thing look so easy. I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. Like, you know, <laughs> and I and I feel like, you know, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job at it, but it, it's not oh, as easy. Work. Yeah. It's not. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm telling y'all this girl, because like, she was like, she is so, like, she just be making stuff happen and so i'm like okay shoot like i know mamas who make stuff happen and and they have children and this and that and so i'm like okay this is gonna be cakewalk i can just balance all this stuff like i've been doing with with work and um so i blame shell for painting this picture <laughs> <laughs> well no so you just wasn't watching shell like because you remember i had to remember you had a bit uh, teen events. I had to bring my son. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember? You just kind of glazed over it a Mm-hmm. 
That's good. Thank you. You know what? Because you just poured into me, but I'm pretty sure you poured into somebody else who's listening who's feeling the same way. Um, and then it's it's so crazy because, like, I mean, like, you know, and then just you know because you know me and then, you know, you work a lot, too. So, <laughs> um, and so being, and I want to say, because um, I went from living in Indiana, which is where I met Shell to Dallas, to Atlanta, and my Dallas and Atlanta experiences have been real, um, okay, we just go-getters with no children, and so, <laughs> and so it's almost like, and I, it's, it's so, I'm not going to say ironic, but a lot of the people that I met in these spaces, um, borderline have no desire to have kids many of them have been very vocal about not wanting children and not wanting to be you know in that space where they're parents and i can i can't say that um now i know when i was younger i'm like i'm not ready for kids right away but i won't say like i was always like oh i just don't want kids at all like i always knew that at some point i would want a child of my own um but like now i'm in this space where or I want to say maybe I'm just moving out of this space where it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like when I meet these people, I want to just be talking about my baby the whole time because it's like, I know them. I know they don't care at all. <laughs> and so it's almost like like how you were like, I was embarrassed to ask people like if I could bring my baby, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's kind of like that. It's not mom guilt. Like you get that mom guilt from working all the time and now with like COVID and um, I just feel like my son just sees a computer in my face like all day long. Um, and then, so that's one form of it. And then it is kind of like being shamed. I, I want to say for, for being a mom, it's like, okay, like y'all didn't want kids. They don't have nothing to do with me. Let me be great. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely dealt with that you know and it does it's Because he is his own brand. <laughs> you know? So it, it, it had to come like that. You know, it got to a point where I had to, you know, you know how to do, we, mm-hmm. we get frustrated, we cry it out. I don't know about y'all, I cry it out. Yeah. I'm going to go in the room somewhere and I got to figure it out and it may take me a minute to, to cry it all out and kick a wall and get my frustration out before I can fully function and then deal with the, the solution to the problem. But it really, I really have to get to a point of saying, hey, I don't have a support system where I can just drop my son off at the sitter and, and that's cool. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have, you know, whatever I need for, for 
his care right now in order to move without him. So all of that's nice. Get it together. Now what are you going to do with him? Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to do it with him. So suck it up, buttercup, and get it together, and let's do it. You still got stuff to do. You know, so I just had to, you know, it just became a package deal. Okay, we need to, we need a business meeting at the coffee shop on this day at this time. All right, well, my son will be with me. So just a heads up. If you got a kid, bring yours, too. Right. If not, hey, it is what it is. You know, so <laughs> just be ready to put on my mama hat. Well, but hey, but if you get out of line, I'll say I might have to go off the DVM for a second. But other than that, we'll be as usual, you know. Yeah. And the kids need to see that. They need to see you in that mode. Your baby needs to see, he needs to see that computer to your face because he needs to understand at some point that's going to be him. <laughs> well, yeah. The computer up to his nose. You got to work, kid. You don't yeah. work, you don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't work, you don't eat. That's so true. And like my son is only nine months. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm obsessed with him. I ain't even sorry about it. Like, we want to hear all about it. Girl, because I'm like, because like I caught myself, I know, especially, um, one, because one is like he's so like near and dear to me. It's like I don't want to share him with everybody, one. Especially like people I know who don't really care. Like, you don't care about my baby. I don't want to waste my breath talking about him to you. Um, but like my son is nine months and what you said when you like they need to see certain things and I know with me, um, I had people like, Oh, you just a first time mom, that's why you're doing all this, blah blah blah, wait till you have a second kid, blah blah blah. And I like his cause he got a he got a dope he got a pretty good library, he got a pretty good book collection. And I read to him a lot and I was wondering to myself, I'm like, Y'all, I tell y'all this all the time, I don't know nothing about kids. I was not the babysitting type. Yes, I mentored, I protected, I would slap you about your kid if you weren't treating them right. But as far as me being like a real kid person, I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's different when it's yours. <laughs> yeah. So I'm reading him these books, and I'm like, um, and I'm not even really sure. I'm like, maybe he's too young. Maybe we need to wait for him to get a little bit older. And um, my sister ended up keeping him last weekend, and when I went to get him, she was like, oh, my God, your son loves reading. She was like, I opened the book, and she was like going on and on about like how excited he was, how he was paying attention, how he was in tune with what she was saying. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, he gets around other people, and they're like, oh, my gosh. You could tell you just talk to him so much because, like, um, he's trying to talk back to you. He's engaging, you know, in, like, you know, conversation cues, blah, blah, blah. And, that, and like, things like that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm doing this thing right. Like, <laughs> you're doing it perfect. That is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That's exactly what, because you have a, a learning curve with children. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, you, one of my, look, I told you I have a lot of hats. So one of my hats is early childhood education as well. Uh-huh. So you have zero to five years where their mind is, such a sponge that everything that you teach them it is the breath of what they'll learn throughout their lives. So the more the more that you incorporate in those first five years of his learning experience, his history experience, um, 
you'll have a certain level of, you, you will have instilled a certain level of thirst for education in him that he will, it, it'll be beyond compare with his peers by the time, you know, he's reached a certain age, you'll see those things. So, like, you see, as he gets around other people, they're taking notice, you know, of, oh, okay, he's really excited about reading, he's really excited about books. You know, so you're doing all of the right things, you know, and I think having the, the one child and being able to be your own boss and, and, you know, have your own business and be right there with him, mm-hmm. you know, that's the part of that experience that a lot of us as women are not afforded. Yeah. And, but these are the things that, that make for better children growing up. You know, that's why... Um, why being an entrepreneur is so important, you know. It, it, you just have to be able to control your time, if nothing else, but you're able to spend more time with your children and raise them in a way that economically going to work. And, you know, before we got on, we were talking about, you know, I work 50, 60 hours a week. You know, you you can raise a kid. You, they'll look nice. They'll have everything they need. They'll eat good. But what are you actually instilling in their mind to create a, a type of uh, mindset for them as an adult in the future that's going to carry on your your family from generation to generation. Not mm-hmm. much. All they're going to understand is, you know, that if they work, they'll have nice things and they'll eat. You know, it's a different vibe when you know you're able to educate them along your journey as well as you're educating yourself. You're able to tweak these lessons. You you'll have a superpower. for me I'm like and now looking back on I'm like why the hell was I so but it's like you grow through these things it's like it's a different stage it's new and you got to figure out how to like navigate in this new space like I'm not the same person I was before so it's like it's new like I was just talking about my business and marketing and stuff before and all I want to talk about is him and that's okay Right there in the palm of their hand, you know. So 
it's just a matter of do you want them to learn it the way Surrey told them or do you want them to learn it the way mom sees fit for it to be discussed and you know those are the decisions you have to make at that time but realistically they just have access to more of everything that we have right so it only makes sense to be upfront and transparent and honest that's it you know you just got to do it that's good that's good let's okay let's dive into this next question so was there a time where um you had an experience with a mean girl and not just like being bullied but like a mean girl in business i'm doing air quotes guys a mean girl in business um and i want to know a few things because um one issue for me and that's why i work really hard on my platform to do is to be really transparent and to be honest about how I feel, how things made me feel, what my experiences were, because I feel like a lot of things that set me back were because I didn't have a realistic picture or a realistic expectation, right? Mm, so, bless your heart, you're so right. So what was, I wanna know like, honestly, like what the situation was as much as possible, as much as you're willing to share, um, how it, like really made you feel like would it like did it change you at all did it change how you viewed things um and then um how did you come out of that let's let's say this i think that um i don't i don't think that it's been a necessarily a specific situation regarding a mean girl i feel like who who i am and who I've tried to represent myself as mm-hmm. has been in conflict with other way of doing the same thing. And so we it may have been, we just didn't have an understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, I think that, um, I don't think that it's been a, like a specific instance of mean girl, but that maybe... That wasn't my, this this particular situation, may not have, or these people were not my platform. They weren't the, the individual who wanted to hear me or see me or understand me, and potentially vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it created, I don't want to say bad blood, but it, it, it created strange vibes, weird energy that uh, was hard to get around. Okay. If that makes sense. And I think that maybe you could relate to this too. Um, because I think um, as somebody who I know that you've done nothing but try to improve self, you focus on growth, you focus on ways to grow up to individuals. And I, I tend to, I, I like to think I look at myself as being that same type of individual. Mm-hmm. But the type of adversity that we may receive from women who are not quite there yet in their journey and and they may look at us like we're we're painting this picture that you know doesn't relate to them in their stage mm-hmm. and vice versa that we we're we're just on these opposite polar opposite ends of what we're doing and it tends I think sometimes to get a little catty and a little bit draining mm-hmm. mentally for both because we're you know it's and I, I hate to put it like this, but, you know, if they're not growing, they just haven't gotten to our level, and we don't want to stoop back to theirs. Right. So I think those, that's been the most adversity that I've seen so far as Mean Girls. 
situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect. It makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, okay, so hopefully it makes sense to all y'all. So, with that being said, getting out of that, you know, you're, you're trying to find those common ways, those, those common denominators with one another, those common, uh, oh Lord, here I am not being concise again. You're, you're trying you're to find these, these common trends or you're trying to find this space that you both can, you know, relate to, you know, and come to some sort of agreement or, you know, with one another so that you may potentially do business or whatever the case may be, or just agree, you know, where can we agree? And I think that um, it can be it can be challenging. It can be rather challenging, but getting getting over it is worthwhile. Yeah, it, 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 it'll help you collaborate to the best of your abilities if you're able to. And I say collaboration so much because I think that's the number one thing that hinders us as women. We just we we'd rather be mean or we rather disagree and not work with one another as opposed to our male counterparts who tend to be more successful in collaborating because they don't give a damn if you're right, wrong, or whatever the situation is. If it makes more money, they're going to find a way to make it move. Yeah. And I think as women, we hold ourselves back from a certain level of success because we're unwilling to do that. We find the most nitpicky, weird reasons to not work with another woman. And, you know, even if it's some sort of, relic, you know, oh, well, her brand just don't, don't work with my brand. You know, even if it's like that, okay, well, what part of their brand can work with what part of your brand? We're right. Because it's no, like your brand is multi. That's a good point. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's a very good no, point. No, you're fine. Because, like, your brand is multifaceted. That is a really good point. Keep going on. I'm sorry. I just had to highlight that. No, no, you're, you're fine. <laughs> I appreciate that because it helps me stay on track. process and so I don't feel like we show each other like enough grace and I say we cause I ain't gonna say I'm I ain't gonna say I'm always innocent (laughs) but um you said it we don't show each other enough grace we don't give room for people to grow and to develop and to be able to 
before, and yeah, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but I'm going to say this, I'm going to let you go Go back. ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> we don't, we allow ourselves room to grow where we expect perfection from others. Mm-hmm, that's good. Okay, I'm done, that was it. Hold on, I gotta write that down. I gotta put that on your quote. <laughs> okay, deal. Now I gotta Google who said it first. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but, but you know that's something that it took me a long time. To, like I had to think. You know, I really had to meditate on a lot of this stuff because I'm telling you, I spent nights. You know, where I was just depressed and crying and frustrated and just we try to we want to reinvent the wheel so bad. Mm-hmm. And everything's laid out for us. We want to find our different way of doing things to appeal to different people. But what people don't tell us coming into whatever it is entrepreneurially that we're looking to do mm-hmm. is that you're going to bring your own sauce no matter what, honey. Yeah. You've got your own sauce no matter what. It's not up to you to try to figure out a way to change you to make it move any different. The people who are coming to support you are coming to support you because of you and your thoughts. Yeah. It's a million three people out here doing eyelashes, eyebrows, makeup, uh, credit repair, uh, houses, all branding. <laughs> yes, branding. Look, everything that we do, it's a million and million and three people out here doing. But what separates you from everybody else that's doing what you do is how you do it. And who your tribe is will follow you. They'll be attracted to you anyway. So it's not a matter of trying to make those changes to, to be more significant in this business. It's about being who you are and allowing the people who want to work with someone like you just the space to see you, see who you are. Like you said, you're being transparent. You know, that's the number one thing I admire about you and your journey. You know, and I've uh, picked up your books and, and everything because you're so transparent and that part is hard for me so I absolutely admire you know you and what you go through I'm just such a private person I don't want nobody in my business girl that's how I was and I'm like well if we are private how are we supposed to help that, that's where yeah. I, I found comfort in it and still now it's like even if certain people pick up my book I'll be like give it back like <laughs> <laughs> oh no no not too blue. yeah that way that's not for you <laughs> give me give, give my book back thanks <laughs> let me let me have that yeah I keep that's not and like you know and i think it's still even for me it's still like a process so it's like whereas i'm willing to share and you know granted you can't put out a book and pick and choose <laughs> who gonna pick it up but um for me that's where it's like okay i'm comfortable with this because like i was in a space i'm in this space always been in this space of knowing um like even when i was mentoring like teens like and I was still making piss poor decisions with my own life. But, um, well, in like certain areas of my life. But it was still. No, but see, that makes it difficult for people because, when, you know, we'll tell ourselves and people will tell us, other people will tell us that we can't, we're not capable of doing certain things or we can't speak to people a certain way or we can't see certain things a certain way because of things that we're doing. But mm-hmm. we're all wrong. Yep, and that's good. And so, like, with me, I'm so in this space of, like, y'all, I'm 30. My mama don't care. She's transparent, too. But she but she just, like, you know, she got there once we were already grown. And so, and I keep telling her this, like, growing up, like, I did not have a realistic, like, expectation of what 
of life, period. Like, you know, I was smart and I was bright and I was ambitious and I was all these things. Um, but in terms of like coming to grips with reality, I'm like, cause my mom kept her life so separate from her children. It's like, okay, when y'all see me, I'm a mom, that's it, you know? And then she had like this whole, I keep telling her, you lived a double life. <laughs> and and I know she just felt, you know, she was a single mom. She was a teen mom. Um, she got married really young, divorced young. And so I know that she was just doing what she deemed to be best for her children. Right? It's like, it's best if they don't see me doing certain things, you know. And not to say that she was 100% wrong. I just... Like, in me growing, a lot of lessons I learned the hard way. And then when I learned those lessons the hard way, I kept it to myself. And so I didn't reach out and try to, you know, get help from people who could have potentially, hell, bailed me out. Because it's like, okay, well, what I know is we need to keep things to ourselves. And so by doing that, I suffered in silence. I suffered in isolation. And what I've grown to learn the more that I share my story is that other women have been doing the exact same thing. Um, like for instance, I have this, um, I have this segment on my blog. It's a letter to my sisters and I let women who suffer with endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, miscarriage, those kind of things. This, for me, this was a platform for women who suffer with this. I suffer with this, um, to share our stories. And so one of the women who submitted a story is a very close friend of mine. And so what's funny is we were workout partners. We saw each other every single day. We talked about everything but <laughs> everything but this. Yes. And so it's like, and so when I finally put it out there, she was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I wrote that book. I published my book in January 2018. A letter to my sisters just started this year. She submits a story. So granted, so she didn't know all this time till she read the book. And then it still took her years to build up that courage to say, okay, I suffer with this too. Mm-hmm. And, and go ahead. We were all raised like that, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, um, <clears throat> not to cut you off at all, no, I also ahead. think it's a, a, a stigma that we have within black women, you know, to where we just, we're just so used to putting on that cape and getting out here and flying like superwoman, mm-hmm. you know, that. You know, it's almost, um, it, it's almost embarrassing and discouraging to feel like, you know, somebody sees us as less than. But it's not even as less than, it's the whole of you. Yeah. You know, knowing that you can be a mom and you can twerk and you can, you know what I'm saying, you can do these things. You can, you can be your total you, your whole you, and, and that's okay. And I think that so often... And I feel like even I got caught up in that, too. You know, so often the world tells us that we're unacceptable if we're doing these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. But I can't be my total self. If you can't see all facets of me and love every facet of me as a person, who can I I trust? You know, I can't even trust you because you you don't know me totally. You Mm -hmm. don't know me completely. And I think that, you know, it's difficult for us as loved ones because we're raised that we need to be so strong for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. we, we cry. You heard what I said? We cry. We go in the room and cry in the dark. I like you know? the bathroom. That's my crime place. <laughs> Man, listen. See what I'm saying? Girl, I had to find a 
behind a closet. Now my son too nosy. Uh. You got it. I got allergies, okay? My allergies acting up. Sinuses is getting okay. to me. <laughs> but that's how it is. You know, we jokes and stuff like the people call yourself like private messaging i'm like first of all i like to let like even if i'm going through stuff like i want to like i'm a one thing about me i'm gonna talk shit and i'm crack jokes like that's it like i'm that's me i'm talking like y'all are not that's i'm like you know i'm posting funny pictures like if anybody's asked how much like it was just a, a picture of me looking tired or whatever with the baby it was funny though and I'm like, you know, uh, if, in case anybody wondered how motherhood was going, like my inbox, it's like, just laugh at it and move on. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not calling for help. Like I, <laughs> like that was not blink twice if you in trouble. Like that was not that. <laughs> social media to do it um what has helped is my blog so you know with a instagram caption a tweet or a facebook post those things i feel can be misconstrued because you gotta like paint this big picture in this little amount of space whereas a blog it's like okay like you're able to dive in and, and go into depth and further explain and and like give a full picture and a full synopsis before people are able to comment and give their feedback and I think um one I like to write I journal a lot and but you know my blog serves as one an outlet for me 
Well, I ain't gonna say Allah for me because I journal and I have people I can talk to. But it's just certain things that I journal about or certain things that I deal with. And I feel if I put them on my, on my blog, um, people will be able to benefit from them. And um, I'm often hesitant because I know I made a post and it was like um, saying goodbye to my old life. And it was about me being a first time mother and, you know, the transition into being a first time mother. And I was like, oh, like, if I share this, do this mean that I don't like being a mom? You know, you have all these second thoughts, like, because you, you are, it, and I'm very self-aware, and I just don't feel like it matters how self-aware or how confident you are. It's like, it's always that second thought, like, mm, is this the right thing to say? Well, I ain't going to say you always are like that. If you have any, like, sense of um, accountability, you'll, you'll make sure, like, what you're saying is being portrayed, how you want to say it. But, um... Even with that, I was just like, oh, if I put this out, is it wrong? Is it this? Is it that? And then I just had to get to a space where, um, you know, and especially when I get feedback, when I get emails and messages and texts and certain things. And, you know, even when I was sharing about my divorce, you know, I got so much feedback and I was like, oh, okay, like this is a good thing. But I was scared to share that because I'm like, you know, I don't want to get nobody no attention. I don't want to get nobody space on my platform. I don't want people to think. You know that I'm bitter, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's beneficial for people who are suffering in silence. And it's like, oh, okay. And it's kind of like that Me Too movement. And it's like, people are like, well, why everybody want to say something now? Because you've made it a safe space for them to speak about now. That's why they want to say something about it now. And so, um, so I do think, not think, I'm confident that what I do is very important. Um, but I don't look at it lightly. I know it's a major responsibility too in how I share stories. Um, and so that's why I'm very careful about like even who I have on my podcast. It's like okay, like even if it's somebody I think I want on the podcast, I low key kind of just like stalk them for a couple months and make sure that they're consistent before I bring them on. Um, because when I first started, I wasn't doing that. I was like, oh, this person's doing great. Let's have them on the podcast. <laughs> nice. So, um, I guess before we wrap up, one, let me just say thank you so much. You have shared so many gems and if ain't nobody else catching none of them i caught a lot of them um before we close out could you just share some tips some insight um words of encouragement for women who are trying to navigate in this space um and who are like genuinely looking to connect with other women my tips are keeping open. My biggest tip is keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. Keep an open mind. And we're, we all coming from the place of just, if nothing else, being a woman. Keep an open mind. Be aware that there are a billion ways of doing something. It doesn't have to be your way. That's always the way. Mm-hmm. Two plus two equals four. One plus three equals four. You know, there are a million gazillion ways to get to the same thing. Um, but just have grace. You know, I'll take that from you. That was a good gem from you. Be graceful. Be able and willing to communicate. Look for ways to collaborate no matter how many obstacles are there. Look for ways to try to find the good in what you're doing and, and grow from there. Let's see, what else can I tell you? I, I think those are a really good start, to be honest. 
I just think that, you know, everything else will come with growth, but we just have to be kind to one another and just know that our goals are going to be very similar. We're trying to get to similar destinations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that and, and being around like-minded people don't always mean that we're doing everything just alike, you know? Yeah, that's good. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I think those are the, the, the big keys. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. Let me, was I going let me play this back so I can take some notes. No, <laughs> no I gotta take some notes. You, you just uh, gave us the whole brainchild on transparency, so I don't want you to think I wasn't over here jogging. <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, you know, definitely your brand, honey. And and those things are important, like, because it that's how you draw your business to you. The people who you are specifically set out to assist and, and do business a pleasure talking to you and I'm gonna let you go I swear but before I do (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worried about you you know how I come up I don't know what everybody else thinks but you know (laughs) you know I ain't a play I just talk a lot (laughs) (laughs) and um so no but seriously before we go can you share like where people can get plugged into like your social media handles website um any projects that you have like how can people become a part of your audience your tribe oh please come come to my tribe i welcome you to to my tribe uh it's shell green c-h-e-l-l-e-g-r-e-n on uh, facebook and on uh the rest of all of social media is shell with Show. So, uh, yeah, follow me on everything, and uh, yeah, you know, everything I'm doing is a work in progress. I'm building, and you all are welcome to come build with me, come watch me build, come ask me questions, let me ask you some questions. You know, I'm an open book, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, let's learn together. So, I am going to link all of her information in the episode notes. Make sure you get plugged into her. Um, And also, I know she's starting in a new industry with real estate. But, y'all, she's been in the game a very long time. She got gems for days, especially marketing, business development, branding, event planning, um, sales. You know, I'm I'm good with marketing and stuff. You know, I'm just getting my feet wet with sales. But, like, you know, she is really, like, a hub of information. Um, so, don't let her fool you. <laughs> she, <laughs> and then, um, you know, if you guys are not already, please make sure you go and follow Branding Bay Podcast on Instagram. That's at Branding Bay Podcast. I bring you a new episode every Friday morning at 9. Thank you guys for continuing to support continuing to tune in um and until next time guys